hello, <laughs> by the way. Um, and welcome to Dark Alignment Podcast. I am Brittany. And I'm Aruka Rose. And we are a true crime plus astrology podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who know us pretty well and watch us on the YouTube version with the visual content, you will notice we are in a new space. We've talked a lot about it mm-hmm. on our Instagram stories and given you some, some you know, mm-hmm. behind the scenes fun footage and a little bit of a tour. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it at all? Um, yeah, this is my grandma's house. Um, she did recently pass away. <laughs> um, so I don't know, maybe if y'all see any orbs or something. Yeah, let us know. Uh, but we did cast like a protection little border because we feel like Richard Ramirez's spirit is going to be kind That's of That's who we're intense. covering today. Uh, surprise, um, we are covering mm-hmm. Richard Ramirez. Sorry, uh, I dropped the ball. You dropped it, you dropped it on <laughs> I us. I dropped the ball, but they couldn't like read it. the title. So. That's very true. This they is, can read it. These are, these are facts. It's not um, a surprise. If you found this episode, you probably already knew. Anyway, um, <laughs> we've had a lot happening. I had, a, had death in the family. I had... Um, a whole root canal uh, issue. Um, I changed my hair. Um, I've been very busy with a lot of things. She's been very busy with a lot of I things. Have. That's why we haven't dropped any episodes in a minute. Yeah. Um, but she's going to graduate. I'll be soon. done uh, with school gonna... in just a couple weeks, which is really, mm-hmm. really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be able to devote a lot more time to the podcast and yeah. get on a more regular schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have a space with no dogs, which is mm-hmm. really nice. You won't hear Evelyn um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this time. And uh, let's see, last time we were here, we covered Biggie and Tupac, so it has been a little bit. Um, Thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, We've got more things to come, so Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you check us out on social media. Like, follow, subscribe. We are at Dark Alignment on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We are on all the platforms. Mm -hmm. We We have a Twitter now. Um, Oh, yeah, I forgot we have Twitter now. Because... because, um, Chris Brennan and I are astrology twins. We are sun, moon, rising twins. So I was going to say astro twins, but I was like, I need to be more specific. Um, and so he has all his stuff on Twitter and was like, I'll give us a Twitter. And he, it's been really <laughs> so We have great. a Twitter. It's a dark, it's alignment dark. Alignment though, dark. Because um, somebody less, took our name, I guess. There was less stuff available. Lame. Um, but you'll find us. You'll find us if you find me or her. Um, yeah. we have, I have a link in my bio. Yep, same. We're linked mm-hmm. all over the place, so be sure to check us out. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell, all the things. We also have Patreon. Patreon gets content that nobody else does, so when uh, you guys haven't been getting general episodes, Patreon has still been getting some hot content mm-hmm. um, and lots of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we try to do a little bit extra there, uh, especially with like little, when we have a little bit of time, like we're a little bit. We always add extra time. videos on there. Yeah, um, and those will be coming in more and more consistently since we'll have more time on our hands. Yep, and we'll we're just... getting there. So I guess without further ado, like we can go ahead and start talking about uh, Richard Ramirez. Let's get into it because there's a lot of story. <sighs> yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of story. Of story. Here. Um, Probably just gonna you show just and kick back. Just, just hang out. So. <laughs> so um, my sources for this episode, I love Wikipedia. I always use Wikipedia. Please donate. I made sure to do my annual donation. So I'm not going to tell you guys to donate without doing it myself. I definitely use this site often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I found some stuff also on Yahoo, which is kind of random. YouTube mm-hmm. had a few different documentaries. And then Netflix has an entire uh, docu-series mm-hmm. right now on the entire investigation. There's the Cecil Hotel stuff. Like, there's so much. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes, I, I, please, please. Share. So I had another thought. Um, 
if you really want to get intense about citing your sources, you could go, you know, to the footnotes at the bottom of the Wikipedia page. I really page could. And list off all of those as well. I really could. Well, technically... But that would be a lot. So, technically, when, when you're citing a source, mm -hmm. you don't have to cite the subsources. So, I would just oh. be citing Wikipedia. Yeah, well, I cite everything in APA. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, citing Wikipedia actually cites all the background from it. there, too. Yeah. That makes it easier. But if I wanted to really be good, I could cite all throughout the paper and reference mm -hmm. who I'm talking about Guys, and when and where want? the source what came from. What do you want from us? Per the Washington Post. <laughs> or, you know, I could really do that. It would be lame. Um, I'm not trying to be a serious journalist here. So, if that's what that's you're looking point. for. If you guys want want like chill, like very serious monotone um true crime i would love podcast. to recommend uh forensic files and dateline because that's not us that's not us so. um we are here to tell you a a story that's kind of fucked mm -hmm. up we're here to give you some awesome astrology insight and mm -hmm. we're here to just have a conversation and have a good time so um please join us if that sounds good to you if not then this is not, we're not, it's not going to work. So you can just go ahead and, and go and, away. And no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead and go away. Go ahead and go away if you want. Right, or stay okay. and have a good time with us. Mm -hmm. So, okay. overview, kind of what you may already know, you may not know about Richard Ramirez. He's been like kind of... Uh, on the scene here lately, just with lots of different shows that are coming out I right now. I heard there was a Netflix thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he was known as the Night Stalker. He was a serial killer, a rapist. Um, he was a fucking thief, too. Oh, my God. He sucked in all the ways. He committed a series of home invasions in the L.A. and San Francisco areas in 1984, 1985. He was a uh, total garbage. And actually, my favorite Richard Ramirez reference in pop culture comes from the movie Joe Dirt. Um, do you remember this reference? No, but I know about? the movie. Okay, you may you may remember it. it's okay. the police sketch of his mom whenever he like uses his money from working. Mm -hmm. He's trying to find his parents, and he so he hires um, a sketch artist to do like an age progression or whatever. And he's like, my dad came out looking like Father Time, and my mom came out looking way too much like the Night Stalker, <laughs> Richard Ramirez. And it really is funny, like that picture that they draw of the mom oh really God. does look a lot like him. It was kind of hilarious. That's so so funny. that's my favorite. Um, just, just fun uh, pop culture reference there. And then he also, this is just a fun fact, is has almost the same birthday as Eileen Warnos. I thought mm -hmm. they had the same birthday. I thought they were both born on a leap year. Mm -hmm. But I guess he was born the day He was before. the 28th. I don't know about if the year was, it was 1960. I don't know. But, um. but yeah. Anyway, trigger warning. This guy is a um, piece of fucking garbage. He's really, really terrible. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk about him. Here so. We go. Uh, when he was a kid, he was actually the youngest of five children. That sounds awful. I'm an only child. I would absolutely hate to have a bunch of siblings. Um, so they, his family was like first-generation immigrants to America mm -hmm. from Mexico. So his dad was a Mexican nationalist, um, served on the police force in mm -hmm. Mexico, actually. So that kind of may tell you a little bit about the personality type of anybody who's going to be in like military, police. Like It is a little bit more of that authoritarian. You've got to have certain... Um, attributes. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I always wanted to be a police officer, but um, anybody who knows me knows I'm not I'm not tough enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have the personality for it. Like, I really am interested, but I don't have personality for it. So he was a pretty tough guy. Um, he's also known for being pretty abusive. In fact, so much so that, like, Richard, when he was little, would sleep in a nearby cemetery. 
uh, to wow. avoid his dad. So um, that's not wow. great. Doesn't sound. Um, I mean, I like cemeteries, but not pre- children probably don't need Just either. Just looking at his chart, it's like I feel like that would not be good for him. Oh, I I'm hear starting more about to this. have some. Okay, go ahead. So, some vibes. I love when you watch the chart while I'm telling the story. Like, I like to watch. It I like helps your because face. it's almost like you're just telling the story of what this, you're the seeing. chart. Yeah. Like, not that I need you to, but it's like it helps me remember what you said. Yeah. As I go through the chart, I'm like, oh right. It gives you context mm. to what you're like just looking at. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, and I'm like, well, that situation with this chart, hmm. And I can think about it because oh, I'm not going to remember it uh, whenever it's my turn to talk. <laughs> well, I can take a note. Feel free to chime in. Yeah. Uh, I love the I love the live notes too. Um, so yeah, his dad wasn't didn't have a great relationship there. Um, his biggest influence as a child was actually his older cousin, and this was not a positive influence. Um, so his cousin was a Green Beret during the Vietnam War, and he was a piece of shit. He actually would come back and, like, he told Richard all these stories about the disgusting and fucked up things he did. He actually had Polaroids of Vietnamese women he had raped and murdered. Mm. Um, super, super fucked up. Uh, some of the photos, trigger warning, um, his garbage cousin posed with the severed head of a woman that he had abused and killed. Uh, wow. And Richard's a child. Like, he's, a, like, preteen. He's, like, young. Um, and then his cousin ended up murdering his own wife. He shot her in the face and Richard was there when it happened. He like right in front of him. They got into an argument and he just shot her in the face right in front of his little cousin. Um, he was 13 years old at this time. So very, very impressionable. Um, all the stories of him before this age, like young childhood say that he was a pretty normal kid. Like I was about to say, is this when it hit? Because I'm kind of looking at the chart. Like, right, yeah. So it's basically... Like 12, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. It's around this time that he's exposed to, like... You know, he'd already been predisposed to, like, the violence at mm-hmm. home. But, like, having this really, really violent imagery at a time that your sexual development is really taking off. Like... Your your the, puberty, your hormones are changing. And, like, a lot is going on. Yeah. There's so uh, many changes going on and things can manifest. Um, that's actually, you know, with paraphilias, that's about the time that they start to manifest. Really? Because, yes, when people discover sexuality, they it, are... It's it's sometimes connected. That's where, you know... It's connected to their childhood? Cur- well, yeah, it's it's like whatever kind of strikes their fancy at that time. It yeah. could be. Um, so, That's for example, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've studied paraphilias pretty mm-hmm. in depth, and they're really fascinating. So, like, a shoe fetish um, is not about the foot. It's mm-hmm. not about the female wearing it. It's mm-hmm. about the shoe itself is the object of sexual attraction. Wow. And it's mm-hmm. more of like it's a symbol. So, huh. um, when you think about sexuality and sexual development in a child like it's it can, it's already like a sensitive time and it's confusing and you put in some of this type of very 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 graphic violent imagery and there's somebody who's impressionable and who's exposed to somebody who's kind of glorifying that who they look up to it just did a lot of damage and you can really really see it take off here mm-hmm. um horrible role model um, and of course, his cousin went to prison, obviously, uh-huh. for you know committing murder. And mm-hmm. Richard was uh, apparently really depressed after that. Um, but you know, don't worry. Uh, his shitty brother-in-law was there to step in and take him under his wing. Uh, also, not great. So this dude was really bad news. Um, he was he was like uh, into voyeurism, so basically peeping Tom. Okay. Um, so that 
he's like really obsessed with it and then you mm-hmm. know that's something that richard sees also he's getting like all this great social learning uh <laughs> happening around him which is just tragic um and then he also uh, becomes introduced to Satanism, which has such a stigma. This was one of the things, like, when I watched all these documentaries, they harped and harped and harped on the Satanism. And it was just kind of like, you know, the whole, like, Satanic panic and all, mm-hmm. all that shit. Like, I, I have a really good friend who's a Satanist. She's a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, this is, it's not what it's portrayed I'm pretty sure it's not. I haven't all. gotten into it, but. Yeah, so um, I've just learned about it from a friend who mm-hmm. who is a proclaimed Satanist. She is amazing. Mm-hmm. I absolutely fucking adore her. Um, one of my favorite people. And it's just like, I, I just don't like the stigma associated. So I'm not going to talk too much about that. I, I do feel like it's unrelated. Lots of people are Satanists that don't commit any I sort of violent crimes at all. people are trying to vilify someone, they'll just throw that mm-hmm. word around. Yep. Um, so I, whenever it comes up when stuff with, like, famous people, I'm like, yeah, they probably weren't. Like, one of the documentaries was like, <laughs> like he drew pentagrams on his hand. And I was like, oh, no. So does, like, every fucking junior high kid. Also, yeah, true. Also, like, the direction of the pentagram matters, and people don't usually pay attention to that. Um, so I don't even like know. It's, yeah, like upright, it's a lot different than upside down. So I'm learning today. We're learning. So we're learning look so into much. that, guys, if you, you want to know. So I don't feel like that was the issue, but what was kind of an issue mm-hmm. is around this time he uh, started using LSD. So mm. he was already, like, smoking weed and drinking, like, doing some of the teenage, normal teenage experimental yeah. drug stuff. LSD is a little bit intense. Uh, for a teenager, it's not really a, an it experimental is. drug for teens. It's a lot. Um, he's a little bit young to be doing super hard drugs, I feel. That's just an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his uh, childhood friends said that acid was kind of like the beginning of his downfall. And then he also developed a cocaine habit. And then by the ninth grade, he had completely dropped out of school. So um, that's the whole social structure that was kind of still there mm-hmm. for him. Once that falls away, it's, you know, it, it continues to get worse. So. Uh, here's his rising, he's a rising star in the criminal world. Here we go. Um, so now that he has had a lot of exposure to, like, being a terrible person, like, he's had that clearly modeled for him, um, in a very violent, uh, disturbing way. He starts tapping into his own kind of disturbing fantasies and puts them into action. So buckle the fuck up, you guys. It's about to get bad. It gets bad quick in this uh, episode. Um, So he was into uh, very forced, not consensual bondage and rape. So Mm -hmm. he found ways to access women. Uh, he got an after-school job at a Holiday Inn when he was, like, still in school. So mm-hmm. this is exactly why I'm suspicious of anybody who wants to work at a hotel. I'm just like, huh, why do you want to work here? Are you, I, I just, I don't I know. know. a lot of nice people. <laughs> I can't trust you. <laughs> Sorry. I can't. Okay. Right. Um, I have a paranoia about it. I'm like, I don't, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're wanting to work against these people, which keep fighting the good fight if that's you. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> keep us safe. Um, so he would use his key to rob the guests, and then it started to escalate to sexuality stuff and violence. Yeah, so, um, supposedly he was caught trying to molest two young children in an elevator at this job, so he's a total monster. Um, and that, that got him fired, so one guest actually, like, walked in on him at one point, like, trying to rape his wife. He was just out of control. Um, Whoa. and then another dude like beat the shit out of him for attacking his wife. So that 
he wasn't like getting caught didn't seem to like stop him either he just mm-hmm. uh, is he was just kind of very feral about his crimes and the way he went about it super super gross mm-hmm. um but yeah charges were never pressed because like these couples were in a hotel they're from out of state it would have been a big ordeal to go back to court they would have had to come back to this other state like so it just never stuck he lost his job but he's still like a predator out there, mm-hmm. clearly repeating a cycle and escalating each time. And he, the the thing that's so interesting, um, and they they talk about this a lot on the documentaries, and it's just uh, from studying criminology, like this is a thing that's just so fascinating to me, mm-hmm. is his victimology was not any certain type. When oh. you look at most serial killers, you have mm-hmm. they, an Albert Fish who is seeking children. You mm-hmm. have a Ted Bundy who is seeking dark-haired women between this age and this age that have this very specific look to them. Yeah. But when you have somebody like Richard Ramirez, he would attack mm. children. He would attack adults. He would attack... Uh, that both. would make it a lot harder to get track him down. Well, and not only that, and, it, they could didn't even know that it was the same person committing all these crimes because that is so unusual they didn't even link the crimes exactly so it just ended up being because it's almost unheard of for somebody to uh you know when when you have a a cso or a child sex offender they are typically you know they might attack both genders they may Mm -hmm. like victimize males and females because they're just attracted to like Mm -hmm. you know children in general which is super fuck it up and terrible um, but typically, like, adults, like, who rape adults, mm-hmm. they don't typically also rape children and, and adults right. and older people. Like, yeah. they, they don't tend to go all over the board like that, especially, like, serial mm-hmm. criminals. So that was really interesting about him that, and you can already see that pattern here where he's attacking children in an elevator, mm-hmm. he's attacking women, he's just all over the place. So... Here we go. Being very poor and very unpopular. Here mm-hmm. we go. When he was 22, he moves to California. And then at the age of 24, he commits his first murder. And his victim was a nine-year-old girl. It's so wow. awful. It's this so is really awful. fucked up. He, he raped and beat this sweet little girl for stabbing her to death. And it gets worse. He uh, fucking, ugh, I don't like it. He, I, know, I don't even want to say it. Say it. Um, he hung her body from a pipe. So this was his first known killing. He, like, displayed the body. He, like, really was very brutal. Um, very, very disgusting, especially when you think about, like, this is a child victim. This is super horrible. Um, and nobody was able to connect him to this crime until 2009 when the uh, unsolved case had a DNA hit. And it, it matched him. So this nine. was one that like that hadn't that hadn't been connected before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So here we go. More fucked up stuff. Here we go into his nightcrawler activities. Nightcrawling. All right. Mm-hmm. So the summer of 1984, he went on a like huge crime spree in L.A. It's awful. Here we go. Again, you're going to see how his victims are are all over the place age-wise because he brutally murdered a 79-year-old woman. Um, Another nine. Yeah, another nine. That's That's an interesting thing. Um, He he murdered her in her apartment. He stabbed her repeatedly while she was asleep in her bed, and he slashed her throat so deeply um, she was nearly decapitated. So he, like, OJ style. Like, Mm -hmm. ugh. 
he entered the apartment through an open window and this was like a thing that he was really doing with the night stalking because this is uh california back then like it was hot in -hmm. the summer and at nights and people did sleep with the windows open um so it was pretty easy for him to access like all these different places at that time until word got out that they knew that they had a serial predator like people were just it was really common um so he he does it again uh, in the spring of 1985 he has another victim and then he has a bit of a cooling off period which is a differentiator for someone to be classified as mm-hmm. a serial killer versus a, a spree killer okay That's so good to know. a spree killer is somebody let's say you have a four-day period and they just go out and just are you know randomly yeah committing a mm-hmm. lot of crimes um through that one period and like if they are done then or caught then like that would be a spree but like a serial killer is going to have that cooling off period sometimes it's a couple of months sometimes it can be longer where they are not doing anything and then they start up again so um yeah he he definitely does that the next time when he picks back up he attacks a 22 year old female so again you have a nine-year-old you have a 79 year old you have a 22 year old he's all over the place mm-hmm um he attacks her outside of her home he chose a different weapon this time which is also really interesting he didn't tend to kill his victims uh like really up close and personal the way Mm -hmm. um most serial offenders do where they want it's usually you'll see a manual strangulation you'll see something where they want to have contact with the victim and he ended up like shooting a lot of his victims so it just his methodology his victimology uh all of these things like really allowed him to go undetected a lot longer just police had no idea who right, or what they, they were looking for him no. very well and then how could you wow yeah they they like had no idea um so yeah again no type he shoots this he shoots this young woman in the face that's another thing uh ugh. and the initial shot didn't kill her uh, this is really crazy. The bullet actually ricocheted off the car keys she had in her hands because she lifted them to protect her face. So she, like, he, like, shot the key oh my first. So that's kind of nuts. Um, and then her roommate was inside and home at the time, and she heard the gunshot and then, like, witnessed uh, the fatal shot. So shoots her point blank in the forehead. She does not survive. He then goes on to attack a 30-year-old woman. He shoots her twice and flees the scene. He's pretty much on a rampage. Uh, Ten days later, he's at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't even classify as a cooling-off period. Like, ten days isn't even long enough. But like, but he mm-hmm. is having, like, shorter periods between, um, between murders. So he's just out of control and awful. And this time he ends up robbing and shooting a husband and wife and, like, ransacking their home. So he's doing something else new this time. Uh, He mutilated their bodies with a kitchen knife. Um, This part is really, really awful, but it's just kind of speaks to his, uh, just how depraved he was. Mm -hmm. He actually gouged out the female victim's eyes and put them in a jewelry box, and then he took them with him as a souvenir. Yeah. So, and their bodies were discovered by their, their son, That's which is, terrible. just keeps getting worse. Um, so this is actually based on the evidence at this uh, crime scene. Police were finally able to connect it all that this was the same person mm-hmm. that they did have, um, 
a serial killer on the loose, which this is like everybody's fucking freaking out. Like, can you imagine if we found out that we had a serial killer in our town that's like attacking women? Yeah. And I'd be fucking scared I'm home. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't ever want to be home. I want to be um, out in public where the people are, oh, where there's point. witnesses. I'm not, I live alone. Like, no, I don't want to be home. For the record, she's not home that alone that often. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. On the internet. No. Definitely not. Um, oh my god. So she really isn't. Everybody's panicking. Um, he was able to lay low for about two months this time. So mm-hmm. this is more cooling off um, before he comes back out. And it repeats that exact same pattern now, entering homes of sleeping couples, shooting them, robbing them, ransacking the house. He usually rapes the women in most of his situations. Um, he's just, like, doing the most. Like, mm-hmm. he's doing the absolute most. He's just being completely brutal, uh, horrible each time. It, it just keeps getting worse. Going to quickly run through these crimes. Uh, let's see. I'm, not, I'm trying not to give a lot of details just because it's a lot. Um Okay, he attacks two um, elderly sisters. They are in their 80s. He attacks them with a hammer, rapes them, uses a cord to electrocute them, bludgeons them to death. He uses lipstick to draw pentagrams on their bodies and the walls. One of these women survived the attack, and she uh, remained conscious for four days before she was found. (gasps) What? Yeah. Um, she died as a result of the injuries. Mm-hmm. But that's so fucked up. That's and uh, there's more. There's more, you guys. He's awful. Okay. Okay. He attacks a mother and her 11-year-old son in their home the very next day. He rapes mm-hmm. the mom. He leaves them both alive. So he did this a lot. He left a lot of his victims alive. Mm-hmm. Um I actually watched an interview with a woman who said that she woke up to him carrying her out of her bedroom in the night. Um, and that, yeah, he sexually assaulted her. And then he uh, took her to an area where there were people and he dropped her off and told her to go call 911. And, like, left her. So he did He did leave victims alive um, on occasion, which is really interesting. Um but he robs this mother and, mm-hmm. and her child after that. Uh, then again, another quick cooling off period for about a month. About a month later, he's back. And it's like each time he comes back, he's just even more violent. It's like every time he's mm-hmm. just coming back even worse. Uh, so this round of killings, his first victim is a widowed grandmother. Um, he beat her with a lamp. He stabbed her while she was sleeping. He does the same thing to another woman in her 60s. Uh, This one, he actually did end up killing her with his bare hands, like beating her. Like, so this one is like more personal. Um, Some of these details I don't even want to read. It's so awful. I'm I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to, okay. So he ends up like hacking a couple a sleeping couple with a machete in a nearby neighborhood so he's just he just follows this pattern of robbing them and raping the wife first and then just like doing the most brutal um killing possible he does this four more times in a row of various victims like this round so it's just 
the diversity of his victims again makes law enforcement think that there's more than one killer he was just like a complete maniac out there and um but at this point the police are starting to catch on to him and he he knows this so he's like trying to relocate Mm -hmm. um so he's feeling like the heat is on there's all these news stories about his crimes so he decides to head south in a stolen vehicle um he decides to hang out in this new city for a while but um, this is kind of cool. There's a 13-year-old who heard this dude prowling around in his yard, and he told his parents. Oh. So, they ended up getting uh, the color, make, and model of his car and a partial license plate number. So, they were really smart. They contacted the mm-hmm. police with this information. They got bad vibes. Um, they thought their son had chased away a thief. And they were like, you know, great. I can't how mad, imagine, like, how this family felt when they actually found out, like, who was in their yard. Right. You know, like, oh, we thought it was just a neighborhood prowler. You guys had a fucking monster a in your yard. Deal. Good thing you called. Yeah. Wow. So that's terrifying to think about. Um, but he was still out there. You know, they hadn't caught him yet. He was doing whatever he wanted. He was terrorizing innocent people. He did every bit of this at night. Um, he breaks into the house of a young couple while they're sleeping, does the exact same thing. Um, yeah, so this one he tries to drag the female victim off to rape her, and he actually tells her that he's the Night Stalker and uh, forced her to swear that she loved Satan while all this was going on. And then he wow. um, ended up beating her and uh, tying her up with neckties in a closet um but she was a total badass mm-hmm. she ended up surviving she unties herself she runs to the neighbor's house she calls the police and she saves her fiance's life they got him to the hospital just in time <sighs> the surgeons removed the bullets from his head which is amazing they both survive and they were able to give detailed descriptions wow. of the attacker to the police uh his stolen car was found His fingerprints were lifted from the car. They were all over it. Uh, He had a really long criminal history and had been in contact with the law many, many times with all the stealing. Like, he'd always been a thief. So, lots of, um, yeah, they released his mugshot to the media. And that's when, like, everything comes crashing down for him. So, this section is called Vigilante Beatdown. This is the best part of the story. Uh, but we're, <laughs> this is maybe the only wow. good part of the story, in my opinion. Uh, so it's August of 1985. Richard okay. Ramirez is 25 years old. He's being a total piece of shit. Um, he decides to take a bus trip over to Arizona to visit his brother because he knows the mm-hmm. heat's on in California. i got to get out of the state. I'm going to go yeah. see family. Um, just a little vacay, you know. You know how it is. Um, but he was completely unaware that his fucking picture had been blasted all over the world. Everybody knew he was the Night Stalker. So he's just running around mm. thinking he's still like, mm, nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Everybody's no, no. seen your stupid gross face. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> he's just like going on like he's not a terrible person. And the cops were following his every move the entire time. They were staking out the bus stations. And at one point, um, an elderly Hispanic woman saw him uh that she pointed him out and she started yelling el matador mm. so which means the killer in english mm-hmm. so uh he starts to see his pictures too like as he's traveling he starts to see his pictures on all these newspapers and flyers so he's like i gotta get out of here mm-hmm. um he hops a bunch of fences he tries to carjack a woman but the citizens were like 
fuck you. They chased him off. They knew it was him. And I love it so much. So it's like an angry mob situation, which is like makes me so happy. Um, So he tried two more times to steal a car at this point, and he failed because he was subdued by a group of residents. And this is my favorite part. Finally, it's like, okay, one citizen actually struck him over the head with a metal bar, and the mob of angry people relentlessly beat him until police arrived and took him into custody. Um, and I, something tells me they allowed it to go on just a little too long, you know? Like, they were like, like why? we'll just uh, break that up here in a second. It's like... <laughs> I imagine they wouldn't be in the biggest rush. Like, I know it's wrong to do this, but also, like, the vigilante justice aspect of this, mm-hmm. like, after everybody was so scared, like, it's just kind of like if I saw this in a movie, I'd be really happy about it. I know it's what like, you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, and it's the only reason I love this is because he 100% did this shit. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like he was an innocent person. Yeah. Um, in the court of public opinion, this guy was fucked. Uh, he'd been identified by fingerprints by eyewitnesses um but yeah fuck this guy like (laughs) so now we're gonna talk about the trial it's a spooky trial are you ready yes so he kind of continues his whole like being very very extra very very over the top like the way he was sorry who knows can i ask something yeah is he most... Did something, like, really big happen during the trial? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you have any... Do you want to guess? His midheaven is in Libra. Uh, and Libra is a lot about, like, justice system mm-hmm. and, like... Um, oh, my God. The court system. Oh and your God. midheaven is what you're known for. So I was like, is he going to be, like... <laughs> I've, this whole time I've been like, why is his midheaven in Libra? I've been like, maybe this, maybe that. But now I'm like, is it the trial? <laughs> oh yeah okay. he's a he's a lot at trial all right cool. um so you're gonna probably really enjoy what i'm about to tell you all because right, he, it's just so extra it's so next level like it's so over the top um so <laughs> he just like goes really over the top of the satanism stuff um in the initial trial he's drawing pentagrams on his hands <laughs> Uh, he causes thing. he causes a scene and keeps yelling "Hail Satan" all oh. through the trial okay. uh, in open court. So it's I'm sure all the Satanists are really embarrassed out I, there. I'm sure they are. I, I'm sure they are. It's pretty embarrassing. Um, and that sounds like he's just trying to scare people. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, that's not something that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just like all these disruptions going on. Um, and then there's a big thing that happens. So one of the members of the jury doesn't show up for court because she was found shot dead in her apartment. Whoa. And everyone was paranoid, rightfully so. Are they you know? just restart, or do they have backup jurors? Um, How does that work? So it turns out it was uh, her boyfriend had killed her. It oh. wasn't anything related to the oh. actual trial. Just, Weird. It would be a domestic violence situation. Oh um, and then he committed suicide, like the boyfriend. Okay. So, But it was just kind of like some wild... Side drama, um, but they had to replace this juror with a with a uh, super traumatized alternate. <laughs> Can you imagine, like being the person brought in? Like, well, the other one was murdered, so now we're bringing you in on this murder trial. Hey. I'd be like, why though? I'm making forty dollars like, a day not, to be here. Yeah. I don't want to be here at all. Um, and yeah, also I know that you served on a jury once. I did, and I want you to tell the story on Patreon today, please, because I know we've talked about it before. Okay. So I really, okay. Okay. I, I put that in my notes. I had a big, a big experience. So if y'all want to hear my my big uh, experience, um, 
we can you can get it on Patreon. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm subscribing to our Patreon just here. <laughs> we share a lot of really cool like personal stories on there. We so. really do. We've shared a lot. I'm gonna be sharing a Cracker Barrel story she used to later. Like a Cracker Barrel. I did. I ate it. I ate there today. It's a whole thing. All right. Go ahead. Anyway, um, so. Uh, on September 20th, 1989, Richard Ramirez was convicted on 13 counts of murder, 5 attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. So he is hot garbage. He was sentenced to death in the gas chamber. Um, and he gave this quote to the media after sentencing. We love quotes. Oh, like, the quotes are a lot. Give me the quote. Big deal. Death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. I fucking hate this guy so much. I'm trying to connect. There's more. All right. There's more about the trial. So, um, (laughs) there's some other gross things going on while he was in prison. Women wrote romantic letters to him, like, pretty much nonstop. Um, and they, like, would go visit him, and it's really gross, and, like, stop it. I don't understand this at all. He got engaged twice, um, while he was on death row. And I watched some interviews of him. Oh, and he, he, it's gross. He comes off, like, really gentle and, like, soft-spoken and, like, mm-hmm. kind of articulate, which is not what I expected. All When you see, like, how disorganized his crimes were and, like, mm-hmm. how fucking chaotic, like, I didn't expect... And also his behavior in mm-hmm. court and stuff. Like, I did, didn't expect him to come off that way. So I was like, I don't like that um, at all. Uh, he just kind of talks out and he says he just really didn't care for people. It, like, really, ugh, it was gross. Um, and then when the interviewer asked him why he killed all those people, he smiled really big and said no comment. Which just made me want to, like, jump through the TV. Um, he also said that he believes in the evil of human nature and that in a wicked world, wicked people are born. Um, that's a direct quote. He added that he didn't care about himself or what happened to him. And I'm like, neither do we, shitface. Um, so, very last little part here. Um, let's see. He never died in the gas chambers like we all wanted him to. And instead he died of complications due to secondary B-cell lymphoma. Um, and I have his death information. If you... uh, I put it in. Okay, I've got, got all of that. I figured you did, but I got mm-hmm. it. Um, let's see. He had also been uh, affected by chronic substance abuse and had uh, hep C as a result. So that's not good. Um, he also had really awful teeth. And I guess they were like super, super, super decayed and really, really gross. Um but one of the big things... His teeth were gross? Yeah, like, rotted out. Like, he had, like, more than ten <laughs> teeth that were completely just, like, rotting uh, that were just still in his mouth. So, I'm sure okay. he had... Uh, that was one thing a lot of the victims said he had, like, rancid breath. Uh, was one of the things that they, you know, remembered. Because huh. okay. his mouth smelled like, you know, rotting bones. Um, one of the things I didn't put in here... I can't believe I didn't put this in here, but it's, like, one of the biggest things that happened in the trial oh, yeah. was... When you are, okay, so when you're in court like that and he had one of his, like, fiancés mm-hmm. there, he openly proclaimed that they were 
He had one of his fiancés? Wait, nope, never mind. I'm getting it mixed up with somebody else. Oh, okay. Never mind. Cut no, that off. That That's why happen. it's not in here. It's because it's somebody else. Uh, I'm getting... See, this is what happens when mm. you watch too many murder things and do too much research. If it's not in here, I need to not say it because I'm going to mix it up. But that okay. is Richard Garbage Ramirez, you guys. He's such a piece <gasps> of shit. He's such a piece of shit. Um, I want to hear the things that you saw on the chart because... I have some things. I have some things to say. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. Woo! We're going now. We're, we're bowling. We're bowling. <laughs> we're bowling now. We just started a new bowling league. It's <laughs> the Dark mm-hmm. Alignment Bowling League. Actually, if anyone wants to have a bowling league with us, that'd be so fun. I'm, I'm really not good. bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. My mom was in a bowling league, though, and Nuh-uh. then she said that she was, I can't remember. I don't think she said she was that good. But it was fun. Was it like when you were old enough to remember it? No, I, I would have, I was not born. Okay, okay. I was going <laughs> to say, like, do you remember putting on the shirt and, like, going to bowling? No, okay, but no. I do know, know that she had, like, later, I think, you know, she kind of had, like, a, she liked it because of she was on the team in the past, so she did end up later getting her own, like, custom shoes and, like, mm. ball and stuff, I think. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's just what you do when you're in a bowling league. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about... Yep, so here's what's going on. (laughs) Sorry, we got distracted with the bowling thing, but, um... Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I don't like the natural lighting. It's weird on my face. It's fine, it's fine. So, um, we were recording this before. Um, let me hit record on my computer. Oh. We were recording this before, um, but it, uh, didn't do the audio part. Like, the whole, like, podcast part. Um, you so, know, the important part that you'll so, care about. <laughs> uh, so, I tried to save it, that, and it didn't, there was no, that wasn't going to happen. Um, so, now we're here just filming the second half of the podcast and the Patreon video again. Uh, so, um, those of you who are tuning in on YouTube, you can visually see, like, we are, um, we, we are in different part of it is two days later we uh, yeah there's disconnects Mm -hmm. um going on with that but Uh you know we're we're gonna try it again Mm -hmm. and get it and another new backdrop Mm -hmm. Uh, we're on a couch we're lounging we're cozy um we have different snacks i have a drink because this has been stressful week already it's tuesday Um, and um we're just gonna go ahead and get into this chart i have water in a goose cup just in case anyone (laughs) wants to know oh i I love that cup i was a big cup when i was a kid um this is some kind of rosé sangria thing that um, my grandma had in her fridge that she didn't drink because she started taking uh, sleeping pills that's, um, so the that's last smart. year of her life and then she was talking to me and she was like oh I had a drink and blah 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 and I was like wait you can't be drinking if you're taking <laughs> sleeping pills and she was like because like, I assumed she's talking about the evening like around the time you would take a sleeping pill and then she said, oh, okay, well, if it's not safe, like, I told her why she can't drink <laughs> and do the sleeping pill. That's and then cute. she's like, oh, if I can't drink, and she's like, okay, okay. And then later, uh, like, a month or two later, I see this bottle in her fridge, and I was like, oh, I didn't know you were, uh, like, that looks good. And I just commented on it, and she was like, yeah, but I can't drink it because I've been taking those sleeping pills. And I was like, wait, like, you could, t- you could drink it, like, just not before bed, during like the day, day or, like, 
not when you're taking the sleeping pill. And she's like, oh, I thought I couldn't have it at all. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, no, I, that's not what I meant. Uh, but so it was a whole miscommunication. I guess she never drank any of it. Wow. And so I've been drinking it. Hey. It has a whole story behind it. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is it good? Yeah, I mean, you can't try it, but. No, can I, can I smell it, though? Yeah. I like- she is sober, for yeah. those who don't know. Um, I will be nine years sober in July. She's good sober. She's real sober. Uh, I'm very, very long-term sobriety. <laughs> I still do like to smell wine, though. Like, uh-huh. I really this love This is not wine. the only time she's asked to smell it. Yeah, that's the only mm-hmm. um, that's the only alcohol that I, like, still ever think about. This is very sweet. It's it very, smells like, great. candy. Sangria. That's mm-hmm. always a hot recommendation mm-hmm. from Dark Limit is sangria with like a splash of orange juice. Mm-hmm. 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 But do you like virgin drinks? I don't remember if we No. They uh, no. they trigger me. Okay. No, that totally makes well, you sense. know, I'm like I'm a I'm hardcore water drinker, so like Water is good. I'm always drinking water. Hydrating. So. You're hydrating. hydrating and I'm dehydrating. Perfect. That's okay. how we like to do it around here. <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's let's chart right. this bitch. So we have, uh, we're yeah, we're a few minutes in now. So Richard Ramirez and I, I you know, it's a bummer because I feel like I really did a good job. You really did. Uh, she before. fucking nailed it, you guys. Like she was okay. so on. You're always so on, but we still have notes. Yeah. Um. So Richard's Richie Boy's chart, uh, Richie Rami Rez's chart. <laughs> he is a Pisces sun and a Pisces moon. Um, and a Sagittarius rising. Didn't want to come out. He didn't want to say it. Um, so his placements are really intense. He also has this huge stellium in Aquarius, which we talked about for a long time. Um, but this time I think I'm going to switch it up and, uh, we're going to talk about his moon first. Um, his moon is conjunct, uh, Mercury and the south node on his chart. Um, and typically when this comes up in someone's chart, like, it can show, um, it's more likely that they had issues with the mother, that they, uh, the mother may not have been around or helpful, uh, especially maybe even just emotionally, um, emotionally neglectful or absent in some way or held them back emotionally, um, and with his Mercury here too, this also shows mentally. And so I think that's really interesting. Um, and having this in Pisces also brings up some other ideas for me. But uh, we were talking about yeah, we, how his mother, we, we don't know a whole lot about his mother. Right. I kind of made some assumptions based mm-hmm. on the father. So you mm-hmm. have a, someone who is, um, was a Mexican nationalist, who was a police officer, who is going to be that very authoritarian personality type. So thinking of a, a, a spouse and like a Hispanic, very traditional type mm-hmm. family dynamic, being first generation um, to America, mm-hmm. like that tells me that she was probably pretty subdued. She was probably pretty, you know, possibly very timid and um, probably kind of at did least what with he the said. world around her too. Right, and then in the relationship, when you put the whole family dynamic together, like it, they there's not children. It's more likely that the mother was passive, a passive personality. And having that Um, many children as well. busy with the children. And uh, we already know he would escape to the graveyard. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like if mommy was really supportive and helpful, then maybe he wouldn't be escaping to sleep in the graveyard all night. Right. Um, And so I think that there was definitely issues with the mothers. You could see issues with the father on the chart too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but having this placement, it almost seems like maybe he just assumed he knew his father was the way he was, and maybe it was, maybe it was more upsetting that the mother didn't do more right. to help. And I hear people say that a lot in these situations because yeah. it's like, well, I know dad was bad, but mom didn't help me. Mom didn't whatever. So. A lot of times you see it where like it'll be a well-meaning mother, or you know, mm-hmm. it can go both directions. A well-meaning parent, I will mm-hmm. say. Um, is actually enabling the parent yeah. that's abusive and yeah. not intending to or thinking, I've got to keep the family together. I've uh-huh. got to keep this dynamic together. I've got to keep mm-hmm. the peace. I've got to make it smooth it over. I've got to minimize it. And, you know, they're typically victims as well. Yeah, absolutely. When there's abuse mm-hmm. going on, it's it's not it's not usually just the children. It's right. not usually just one child. It's, it's usually everybody. And then you have violence going on between siblings a lot as mm-hmm. well. Like, it's kind of it's a everybody's... Everybody's violent in right. some of those situations. And sometimes it'll be the mother's the only one who isn't. Mm-hmm. And just trying to you know, and as smooth a mom, it like, over. You don't want to... Anyway. It's hard, um, yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard thing. But that is kind of my um, interpretation of this dynamic, mm-hmm. especially with what you're, like, seeing on the chart and everything. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, you know, that was probably very likely. Mm-hmm. And it shows in his past he was really caught up in his own thoughts and his own emotions and as he goes on with his life he wants to be less and less caught up in that um kind of emotional realm of his life um as is on the south node it's something that you you want to integrate into your north node but as the way it is on his chart with these this grand square situation he really he's probably like more so just kind of disgusted by a lot of his feelings and emotions Mm um not disgusted by them but disgusted at the at the feeling of having them, does that make sense? Like, like he, wouldn't, he doesn't want to have them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a full and, on you know, rejection. there's a lot going on there. Um, and the only way he really processes it is through this Aquarius stellium, which we'll talk about because there's a sextile hitting that. Um, otherwise, it's a more conflict. Um, anyways, uh, again with his childhood, though, the double Pisces in a graveyard. Um, <laughs> so the double Pisces person sleeping in a graveyard, escaping to a graveyard, actually, because um, escapism is such a coping method for a Pisces energetic type of person. Um, and for him to be in the graveyard, like... That's his solace. You know he was picking up on energy, too. Yeah. Like, of those of those being a Pisces and being sun and graveyard. moon too like you, he was probably really you're ultra sensitive to these energies and, and he was young uh-huh. you're, you're Neptune more susceptible is a Scorpio like he's and then, yeah, like you said, when you're young, like mm-hmm. you pick up on more of these things, you're more open to these Kids things. Kids are the most susceptible. And, and how vulnerable you are when you're going to sleep, I, <sighs> and when you're escaping from your family, and like that just seems he. I I this would be really a bold statement to make, but I think that there's no, um, like I I could really reasonably see some kind of like low key possession or attachment of a yeah. of a negative spirit like just picking him. up energies that are um not not to dis you know not to that he doesn't deserve what you know repercussions he's come to in his life based on what he did and not to oh, say no, that it's I not his fault not i i just think that like i also wouldn't i wouldn't bet against um some kind of like negative influence from something that he so he kind of picked up there. He kind of talks about just his belief that 
everyone is evil and that the world is evil and that people are mm-hmm. evil and that, that he kind of is focused on that and that mm-hmm. might have been an energy that he picked up right and carried with him mm-hmm. because i mean there was a lot going on at this time in his life obviously um but i don't feel like it helps to be a susceptible energy in the first place like being young having all that pisces energy mm-hmm. like i know that's an intense uh, lifestyle yeah. Uh, just being a Pisces is brilliant in uh-huh. this I mean, there was no boundaries in his childhood. Right. It was boundaryless. And he was out with the spirits in the graveyard. And, mm-hmm. like, he just... And he was also kind of, like, he was seeking comfort, too, and mm-hmm. finding it there. Yep. So, and, and if you do believe in dark entities, you know, a graveyard is, like, a really easy place for, for them to go and... Um, try to picket people because they know that people are going there with the intention of connecting with the other world. And that is very true. Uh, It's kind of like when people get into Ouija boards and it's like... Oh, yeah. It's... Those scare me. I've never been a Ouija... I I went to sleepover in the third grade and the mom busted out a fucking Ouija board and I was like, where am I? This is crazy. I wanted to call my mom. (laughs) There's one in this house. Ooh, okay. But well, the now planchette is broken. It. Or the planchette is missing. Please show it to me later <laughs> on. I need to see it. Okay. Okay. Um, when my sister stayed in the house for a while during college, um, uh, we I moved it around a couple times <laughs> to see if I could lose some. But not, not far. Like, it's in this one storage closet, and, like, I would move it, like, to another part of the storage closet, you know? Like, if, so if she even went in there. Um, <laughs> that's really, really funny. I, I wasn't too mean. I didn't, like, put it in the kitchen, you know, or something. See, I feel like that's a missed opportunity. Uh-huh. I don't have siblings. Would. I feel like I would have gone for it. Like, but I wouldn't want her to do something that extreme to me. So that's, I try okay. not to do things All to right. people that I wouldn't be okay with them doing to me. Um, this, this, I don't, this is a good mindset to have. I like yeah. it. Okay. That's okay. smart. All right. Anyways. Uh, not that she hasn't done things to me. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> Shout out Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> um, another thing with this Pisces, strong Pisces energy he's got going on. Uh, you mentioned he had um, a little escapade with drug use. Yeah, um, just a little. Just, you know. He had all these. <laughs> dropping yeah. some LSD at 13. You know, it's slightly. <laughs> I mean, what, a, what a, such a Pisces drug. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, <laughs> really just like, you know, addiction and, and, um, drug use and like escapism through your addictions and things like that are really really big with a lot of people with a lot of pisces energy um it comes through a lot Mm -hmm. um with pisces influence on a chart so um you if you know any addicts check check see what they have in pisces can confirm we started Um, this off by talking about me being nine years sober uh pisces sun (laughs) pisces mercury like yay what was your nickname for yourself again um blackout 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 (laughs) oh the former i really just like that name yeah yeah it's you know and then britney spears released blackout the album which i felt like was for me so Of course. Of course. <laughs> this is a sign. It was, mm-hmm. it was a If signal. You Seek Amy was the one that came through for me. But um, you know that's like that a... Made me, that made me a real hot topic in high school. So. And you know the the whole <laughs> story behind that, too, um, right? Maybe. You can tell me, tell me. We'll talk about it later. Oh, talk no, I can it. say it right now. Oh, okay. Like, Never mind. If You Seek Amy, 
F U C K. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Oh, I, didn't okay. Know, I didn't know if you, but that's what the song. <laughs> I thought was you would admit like there's a whole story. No, no, no. That's just it was supposed to be yes. that contract. I didn't know if you I do knew know. that being I did. like I did. however old you were. You I did. Young. I was in so. high school. Okay. I knew. I knew. No, I didn't know if you were like real good kid. <laughs> Not in high school. <laughs> Not in high school. I was okay, good at show at, at looking like one. But I could see like that, I really sure. wasn't necessarily. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry we we're so distracted with this right now. We've just already done this once, and so it's like, no, it's it's great. harder. So anyway, um, and more with the Pisces energy. Um, I also made a note that um, him not having a like type of victim um, shows more of this lack of boundaries within himself. Like with these, with all this Pisces energy, and he has all this Aquarius energy with this Aquarius stellium he has. He's got um, Chiron, Venus, Mars, Ceres, and Pholus in Aquarius. Um, and this is a house that uh, is, it's the uh, opposite of the, not opposite of the, uh, he has interception on his chart, so there are no house cusps in Aquarius, so this is also a this Aquarius energy in his life is something he's kind of looking for he's always kind of like out to find more of this Aquarius energy so it's it's a little bit emphasized in a way because of the lack of it if that makes sense um something you're searching it becomes something yeah. you're searching for more in okay. your life um that energy and Leo energy for him um but the Leo energy comes through more as like a kink um he has oh, yeah. that yeah it has a he has Uranus in retrograde in Leo and his vertex there. Um, and I see this, one way I see this really coming through, uh, and the most interesting way that this comes through is through this voyeurism kink he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sextile, his Lilith placement, and his rising, and it just really just shows, like, okay, this is how I want to... I got There's something there that's really intriguing like and unique and eccentric and like sexual and powerful and empowering to him and it's all like to put on this show it's it's very um very kink um very coming kink. Up on his chart. <laughs> and he's in search of it he wants to you know he wants people to know what he did he wants people to know yeah. like he kind of wants to put on this little show in a way or like he certainly like really went for it with mm-hmm. like the brutality every time and he didn't just do you know little things he didn't he didn't do things um ever in the same way either like he was mm-hmm. kind of always keeping everyone he's like full of surprises fresh. full of surprises mm-hmm. with what type of victim he was yes. going for full of surprises with what type of exactly. crime scene and what type of method and his mm-hmm. like it was never the same. surprises mm-hmm. so yeah he was all about just like kind of it feels like lots of shock value like i don't know absolutely Shock value. Uranus also rules Aquarius, which was where his stellium is. And that's yeah. something we talked about before last time, too, was the shock value mm-hmm. um, of this Aquarius energy he has. He, he's always... Aquarius likes to likes to drop a bomb and let watch how people react, you yeah, know? So, <laughs> especially if they can get a rise. You know, they want to get a rise out of them. And we saw that a lot with his court case, um, which is, again, why I said that his... Uh, I can see why his midheaven is in Libra. There's no um, planets in this so it's not like a huge you know i don't see it as like a major thing but he is most well known for uh because of the court case in some way um with how that that court case went down and there's trines from that midheaven over to the aquarius stellium which is again why i'm saying this um but you know for him to just be like oh well uh 
like no comment and uh-huh. uh, for him to make all these remarks and be drawing stuff on his hand Being just trying to get a rise out of people like the satan stuff uh-huh. it's just it wasn't even like a, an expression of his beliefs it was more of like I'm trying to, like, mm-hmm. scare you. I want you to be scared yeah. of me. I'm enjoying it. Like, it, that almost in itself feels like a kink, too. Like, he just, mm-hmm. like, really oh, was, yeah. had 100%. a lot of that, those um, sadist tendencies. Mm-hmm. Like, I like scaring you. I like you mm-hmm. feeling and, afraid of me. And sort of I really don't see on his chart, like, with, along with, like, the Satanist thing, um, Satanic, like, religious thing like I don't think that he was actually part of like an, like a, a group like the structure of that belief system I think I think he just used it for his own advantage to like <laughs> like get a rise in shock and use it for shock value I don't think that it, it maybe he could have had his own personal um connection to that that you know maybe to him he was doing something but i don't think that he speaks for that group as a whole i don't think that he even cares about that group as a whole Um, he's so like individualistic in just every sense of it he feels like very very Mm -hmm. um he's driven by individualism which mm -hmm. is again that mars in uh, aquarius oh i forgot that's where his mars was but mm -hmm. that makes complete sense because it is what motivates him is like uh uh-huh and his value system is there with venus being in aquarius and pholus is there making it more exaggerated Mm -hmm. uh saris is there it makes him feel comforted yeah um and his chiron is there it's like oh this is what you know (laughs) it's just a lot um so he's Oh, this Aquarius energy is really strong for him, um, along, obviously, with the Pisces energy. Um, yeah, it's all, like, empty over here. It's just... Yeah, he's he's got <laughs> a very, um, oh, what do people call that? Um, a chart where there's a quadrant that has a lot of things, and uh, another saturated? quadrant that has Maybe? another no, thing. Out of the four quadrants, two quadrants are full, and then there's kind of two, like... It's funny, I normally can't see your computer when we're recording. I'm actually really (laughs) enjoying, like, seeing Uh where everything actually is. I'm like, oh, it it kind Mm -hmm. of is, it's different to see it for whatever reason. I'm sure it is. We might have to stick with the couch system for a while. It's kind of cozy. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I don't have my shoes on, and I usually Mm -hmm. always wear shoes. You can see my feet, my ankles. That's very sexy. Um, oh yeah, also, I, I've been watching the Age 3 podcast a lot lately. If y'all want to rate me on WikiFeet... Oh, uh, <laughs> Are you on? Are you no, on there? No, I don't, I'm probably not on there. I feel like But I just think it's there. so funny. I think it's so funny. Okay, um... Rate me on... <laughs> that's my new hashtag. Well, now rate it's on... on WikiFeet. Now it's on the camera, so y'all can go give... Please give me five stars on WikiFeet. I want to, I want to get up there with, um, the Age 3 podcast. I don't know what this podcast is, but I really am intrigued. I've been by following it. all the David Dobrik stuff, and I and I like Trisha Paytas uh, generally. So yeah. okay, I'm gonna check this out. Anyways, a lot of frenemies. Okay, back to <laughs> we're more sidetracked than usual because we've done Lots this of, once before. Okay, well, it's okay. I right. I I was very tired, so we I feel were tired. like we went really late. So. I feel like I'm different, and I can see things now. It's different. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a different level of. We're uh, different people today. We're different people today <laughs> than we were two days ago. Mm-hmm. Always. So I have a full transformation every day as a Scorpio. Exactly I right. I said earlier I am Moldavite. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how many people have said that I invented Moldavite to me. Really, it's a whole it's a running joke. <laughs> and then every time I talk about oh maybe I'll get some Moldavite, then everyone's like. You were already doing it. You're already yeah. doing Moldavite. And I was like, okay. That's exactly <laughs> it. Great. We created it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I hope all of you are enjoying this side topics. Um, 
Okay, so <laughs> back to this. Um, hmm. Okay, I said with Aquarius, he has Venus there, and that's, you know, his value system is there. It's also his heart space, and that makes him a little more of, like, um, the way his uh, relationship, his, his values are more detached, and he's thinking more big picture, big scale. He really wants to approach life with the value, personal value system of Aquarius. You know, things should be a certain way. It's like idealistic. It's um, thinking of like society as a whole rather than like, you know, um, you know, maybe you'll think of disadvantaged people, but it's not like, um, it's more because of that the system is not working for them is kind of how right. um, you can, you can want people to really find this type of healing for themselves, but but with it being so idealistic, it's really easy for people with a lot of Aquarius energy to get, um, uh, like, depressed and kind of have these existential crises oh, because it's yeah. like, it doesn't happen in the world, you know? It, it, you can get so upset by having these idealistic values never met and knowing mm -hmm. that they likely will never, ever be met in this world. Um, and that that in itself can kind of bring about the dark because it's like uh, it's, it's kind of like well if things are never gonna get good then I might as well keep them they're gonna be bad anyway so fuck yeah. it you they're know? like more affected more sensitive to uh -huh. like big world issues like mm -hmm. with Aquarius mm -hmm. it's so it's so interesting cause, and I see it in like a lot of the mm -hmm. Aquarius people that I know mm -hmm. that I like that have, I mean, I'm, I'm a Venus Aquarius, but I see mm -hmm. it in, like, people that have more of, like, I see a lot in Aquarius rising. So yeah. That, yeah. You're not the Chris only Brennan, one. Chris Brennan, do, yeah. do you have existential Yeah, crisis? tell us about it, please. <laughs> uh, him and I both have Aquarius rising and moons. Um, and Scorpio suns. Yeah, y'all are exact sun. same big three. Um, <laughs> this is the most event, the biggest event in my life. That uh, was This a big year event. or last, whenever this happened, I've lost track of time completely. Um so, also with his Mars here, it's also how he's driven. Mm -hmm. um, he's driven in this Aquarius way, which also just gave me some insight into an ex of mine um, oh. with this Mars <laughs> placement. Um, it, it's like, well, if things are never going to work as I want them to, then why should I keep putting any effort in to make them that way? Because it's never going to necessarily happen. Why try? Uh, why try? <laughs> Um, Why leave the starting line if I'm not going to win the race? Yeah, so this vibe. it's not the whole, you know, it's not the entire overview of these placements on a chart, but I'm trying to bring um, light to this part of these placements because of the way, obviously, his life unfolded. Uh, yeah. There's, you know, not to say if you have these placements, you're doomed at all. I hate, I would hate for someone to take, have that be the takeaway of this, but. Yeah. Um, There's also, like, unevolved energy and more yes. evolved energy. You can, it's a spectrum for mm -hmm. every, every sign, for every placement. Yeah. Um, so. Yep. Exactly. Some are more challenging, but doesn't mean you can't overcome. Right, and it depends on the entire and, chart, of course, and yeah. you guys know that from listening to me. I, you know, I don't take any one placement by itself. Um, so with this all combined on the chart here, <laughs> like he, he's really operating his life out of like, um, you know, he feels like he's kind of living in this, uh, this little dystopia, like in, you know, he can get also so wrapped up in, uh, the illusions and the delusions of his life with Neptune and Scorpio and really trying to, um, he's really in tune with like, all of the undercurrents of things going on and the Pisces energy can be so, so emotional and, um, can also be very, 
triggered by all of this type of stuff. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of energy, like, this reminds me of, like I said last time when we recorded this, was, um, like a school shooter. Because he's looking at, like, the whole, the whole school and being like, oh, yeah. Guys, this, like, you guys don't, are, like, this is wrong, you know, he has a whole problem with everything at the school, and then he's gonna, he's the outsider, the, the Aquarius energy often comes up as the outsider. I don't know if he necessarily uh, feels that bad about being the outsider with his chart. I think he came <laughs> to terms with being the outsider. <laughs> he's embraced um, it. I think he has really, truly embraced being He embraced being it an that outsider. night at the cemetery. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think when he was younger, he was upset by it, but as he got older, he was, he embraced it, and he mm-hmm. really found uh, his own um, and that might be part of his Chiron journey, actually, so, um, you know, and that's kind of, again, like a, like a school shooter, it's like, that's their character arc, is they found this, you know, it's almost like they found their power, they got their power back by yeah. bringing the gun to school and doing, and doing the, right, and it's like the symbol of it, of it. like, what mm-hmm. it represents, what the act represents mm-hmm. is, like, the hatred for the symbolic yeah. entity mm-hmm. that isn't going right, mm-hmm. like, this is wrong and I'm, I want to destroy it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it by destroying the people that I've attached mm-hmm. to it. So it's like, yeah, very symbolic. Right. Exactly. And so that's a lot of what this is, but he's doing it on the, you know, not just a school scale. He's doing it on like a... Yeah, very grand. A big scale yeah. of wherever he lives. <laughs> Everywhere he lives. Um, <sighs> garbage. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, it's almost like he's... I saw... Um, uh, it reminded me of this quote that I saw. I can't remember where it was, but um, someone was talking about Mars and Aquarius, and it's almost like you're the conductor of an orchestra. Like he's he's really good at like looking at this and everything in like a grander scale, like a balcony view, and being like you know almost like um. Puppet there's another master. word, puppet master. Yeah, that's what makes me think of um, immediately. Of like, except I don't know if he was really charming people to do things, even though he could. But he was more soft spoken, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, he, uh, you know, he knew what was going to happen and when things were going to happen, and he could feel into people's energies. Mm-hmm. He, he was probably very intuitive yeah. in a way, um, yeah, and he can look at things sleep. practically from a big, from a you know bigger scale. He has Neptune and Scorpio in the eleventh house. You know, he can really use this. Uh, I like how he worded this last time, um, where he can he can look into the undercurrents of a situation and use that to his advantage as well especially in like if he was going to be um you know he could use this in a deceptive way or manipulative way especially with the way the squares are hitting um and there's a trine to his son so it's it's like it benefits him but it's like a conflict with anyways he um, like uses all his intuitive he, energy and his intuitive what uh-huh. could be a gift like he uses mm-hmm. it to feel out situations and find seek mm-hmm. out vulnerabilities and that's what he's doing it's like that's the like energy he's going with it's mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna and it is retrograde so it shows that like there are periods of time where he's doing good with it and there's periods of time where he's doing bad with it, it shows that like mm-hmm. he had these breaks mm-hmm. with his with his uh crime sprees with his sp- killing sprees not yeah. crime sprees um, he was committing other crimes too. And he would come too, back, so, and actually. he would come back more intense. You know. What I mean? Yeah. Um, and you can also see that with some other placements on his chart, um, like with that Uranus in retrograde, and um, yeah. So there's, and Pluto is over here. Like I just, there's a lot going on. 
Um, what was my point originally? <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, because he, he can take a situation and um, he has the situational awareness uh, to manipulate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but not through charm. That's what's interesting is, like you said, he's not using... He's not doing it in like... In a way... Like not a, like a Ted Bundy style. No. In like a very, no, not in a like... I think when we think of charming, that is like a mm-hmm. type of there was There was of. one chart we did, and there was like a Sag placement and a Gemini placement, and I was like, oh, he's just talking people into whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, but like, this is more with the <laughs> with the Pisces energy, it's, it's more soft, it's more... Um, kind of nurturing feeling but then with the Sagittarius rising there is a little charm there um okay, yeah there was something uh else that I wrote like a, a Sagittarius can also come off they come off like casual nonchalant Sagittarius rising kind of have these like aloof eyes like they're here but like are they really <laughs> like uh, are you paying attention like um and so he could probably come off like he's not doing much of anything you know like very unassuming yeah you would unassuming is a really good word like if he was working in the elevator at the hotel oh yeah like and and he guided you to your room you might not think anything of it yeah you might not pick up on his but he knew that he could he could plan it out like that you know that's kind Uh, of the picture i got was him guiding someone up through the hotel to their room so Ooh, I know. Gross. <laughs> That's the vision. So gross. I, uh, I can see it too. Like, ew. Uh-huh. ew, ew, ew. I know. I know it. And like, you know, you think like, oh, this guy might be a little weird. Like, it's kind of weird that I'm in the hotel in the in the elevator with him. But like, it's probably fine. It's probably it's fine. It's not. <laughs> you know, um, I would be thinking the opposite. Anytime I'm in an elevator with anybody, I'm thinking, <laughs> who's going to kill me in this elevator? Like, yeah, like, now, now. I definitely, <laughs> um. <laughs> Which of you is the murderer? Oh, <laughs> I'm really not that intense. I'm just <laughs> also his Mercury was there too. So again, it's more of his speech coming up through that Pisces energy and how he, you know, he thinks and um, how people are going to be, how he communicates. So um, more with the hotel though. Um, that Lilith placement in the sixth house came up a couple different ways for me uh, listening earlier or the other day earlier um, you know earlier did you have to say when earlier it was still earlier uh, i just i don't know okay <laughs> um so you know for career and success and like your you know where you find your success and like your achievements your big goals that you hit in life what you become known for that's all your midheaven stuff and you know there is some of that where you know, he, again, like, he came off more soft-spoken. Like, that can also come up in that Midheaven placement. Like, people knew him for, like, that. But, um, the sixth house is much more, like, day-to-day routines and tasks and things that you're doing. And, um, that's where I really see these, this job for him was the ho- the hotel job. We were literally doing these tasks and chores oh, each day. it's like a, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Daily grind stuff. Yeah, daily grind stuff. It was the hotel. And, um... It kept him in, like, a, he was literally, like, serving people in the hotels and, um, like, you know, making sure everything was right for the guests that are coming in and uh, helping them out. Um, Virgo energy wants to, you know, this is sixth house energy, Virgo energy wants to be of service in some way. Um, and he has Lilith here right at the end of that house. Ooh, at okay. 22 degrees, 11 seconds. Two two one one. 
and yeah I see also see it's in Gemini so I can see the social the small groups of people coming up and you're having these that's probably where oh. he had to do the most socializing was at you know this type of job where he would actually yeah. be like chatting with the guests and chatting with things like that's the most Gemini energy he really and had. there's nothing long term um, about it either it's all like these no. short people coming for short mm-hmm. stays mm-hmm. Uh, short conversations like it's very yeah that and like prison conversations day-to-day stuff in prison but uh that's after yeah. the arc where it hits anyways um and it's also his seventh house cusp is also in um Gemini, so you could see there's some more chatting with um, partnerships and with legal issues and, and stuff too. But um, that's and it's all related to his Lilith stuff going on, and also with Lilith, um, when you look at like the timeline of his life with uh, his houses, um, it really makes sense to me how when he got to be 11, 12, 13 years old, that's when he started really acting on his um, compulsions, his his visions yeah. that he had, his... his yeah, well, um, you know, and then there, there was so much influence going on at that time, too, with, like, the mm-hmm. cousin and then watching somebody get shot in the face. Right. You yeah. know... Then all of a sudden, Lilith's energy kicked in at this yeah. age, and you can see that on the chart. <laughs> that's where it kicked in. Um, and the fact that it's in Gemini and it, it tied to, there was like a little social element to this. Right. And so like with his cousin, he was able to talk with his cousin about it. And that's all of a sudden when he was going to start being manipulative, outright manipulative, he was going to start, um, the drugs uh, started you know, around being that time too. more aggressive, more, more sexual. Um, mm-hmm. that's when all of that really hit. Yeah, developmentally, that's the time that it would mm-hmm. hit as well. So just to be exposed to everything he was exposed to at right. that vulnerable age, like, yeah, that kicked kicked mm-hmm. uh, the wrong things into gear for him, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. And this grand square off of Lilith, you know, it has his life path on it with the south node and the north node, Mercury, Moon, um, his rising, Jupiter, Vesta, and Juno up in Sagittarius, it's all on this big grand square and that um big square like squares off of the nodes kind of show these like um these storylines like a like a climax and then an ending like a like if you were gonna write out a movie like or a script or something you can um say like okay well this is where we set up the story and this is the climax of the story it's like oh my god and then um, there's the, the downfall yeah, event mm-hmm. and then like the resolution. Exactly. Or, yeah, I see what you're saying. And so that's kind of what, what these are doing. And so you see that with his, yeah, his rising sign, okay. his karmic lesson in his life. It ties to his, it's, it's directly from this past issue, um, for on his South node. And he, he uses these energies to, uh, get to his end point here with the Virgo North node. Um, which we don't know as much about the end of his life, except that yeah, he, he was terminally ill. He was terminally ill, and he married in prison, um, mm-hmm. like eight years before he died. And you know yeah. he was probably real sick for a while before he died. So I, I doubt they were long distance married because, uh, like, Ugh. he's in prison. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. He, it's interesting, I guess, having your. Having that uh, North Node Virgo placement, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like, 
about like health routine habits and his exactly. health fading and mm-hmm. kind of deteriorating. Yes. That seems a good, good it's it's a it's an ironic <laughs> ending with Virgo mm-hmm. there. Yep. Exactly. Thank you for the applause. And it was ninth house, so it was it was like uh, oh where he was going. It went so, it went so far the journey to yeah the journey of the, the journey sickness. of the sickness. really I mean oh that's God. I mean it's, it's hard to phrase things in astrology sometimes but like if you if you take it as <laughs> it is as an energy it does like follow through um he didn't do what he needed to do or uh, he you know that was his destiny that was that. his destination um, that was his big journey <laughs> His long trip to sickness and death mm-hmm. in prison. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, that's what it says. How far was that prison from where he lived? I mean, that might have been a journey. You a know, I journey. actually don't remember. Um, you know what? Where was this prison? I actually don't remember. California, I was think. Because he lived in California. Oh. So, yeah, Greenbrae, California. Mm-hmm. I, don't I had know. to enter it in. I have his death chart. We'll oh, pull that up right. in a minute. I want to make sure I have all my other stuff. That I took note of. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know where, how, I don't know distances from, like, I don't know distances. I don't know distances in California. It's a big state, so, like, you could be, like, I went Mm -hmm. from, I moved from this area in California to this area, and that could be, like, you know, like, eight hours away. (laughs) Like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's close by. (laughs) I think I hit pretty much all my notes. Um... So we'll yeah. pull up his death chart. Death um, chart. There, I hope you guys can pull this up, pull these charts up at home. Um, these are really interesting to look at. His, I really am interested with uh, Richard Ramirez's natal chart. There's a lot here. Um, let's see. It's just wild to me that I have a lot of similar placements as him, and I'm like, oh, like I don't like it. <laughs> I know it's weird how many. Of these killers have had more similar placements to you. Right. Well, because there are a lot of them are Pisces dominant <coughs> energies, which is really wild. If you, like, let me think. So Pisces we, and Virgo y people and some yeah. Libra y people. That's, yeah, those that's have been, been a lot of it. Kind of shocking, really, because mm-hmm. we've had like Eileen Warnos is a Pisces mm-hmm. or was. We've had a lot of Aries energies. Gacy um, is a Pisces. Richard Ramirez is a Pisces. Like, you just have, there's so many. Mm-hmm. And was it? Wasn't Casey Anthony a Pisces? But I tried to disown her. Mm. Yeah, that is. She was a Pisces barely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I tried to say she wasn't. I was like, no, we're we really don't want her. Like, we'll take Richard Ramirez and, and we're gonna I, reject her. And I can kind of see, you know, that let end of. And that was something I when I researched before we started doing the podcast was. Um, Pisces energies and Aries energies are really high on the yeah they really um, are on the kill on the serial killer lists and I mean not just the not just sun signs because if you just Google it you're only gonna get sun signs but like for them to have a lot of placements in these areas mm-hmm. especially like moon signs mm-hmm. um, you know they're so Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac it's so close to death in right. a way and it's so it's that transition from being in this life and it's almost like they have one foot out the door with this energy it's like oh we're moving yeah you know what's interesting (laughs) we don't have i i really can't think of a single scorpio uh serial killer that we've had I don't think that we about, have talked about, but, but like mm-hmm. us specifically, like some that we've we've talked about a lot. But of everyone's like Scorpio, Cancer, like, like Jodie. But, is a cancer, but Cancer, so maybe, maybe. 
But, like, with Scorpio, I guess because it's, like, the house of death, you would kind of maybe put Mm -hmm. more in, like, the death card. And, like, it Mm -hmm. just has so much death symbology. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, Pisces does, too. But it would be, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's different. It's it's interesting that it's not the same. Mm -hmm. It's more about transformative type death than, like, literal death. And it is is also literal death. But, um, yeah, a lot of people are just like, oh, Scorpio. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Killers. Now I want to look up all the Scorpio mm-hmm. serial killers and like see who's in I that think I, group. I think I might have posted some on the. I'm sure Instagram. you did. Um, I'll just go back and look at our own page, Dark Alignment at Dark Alignment. Go look at our Scorpio stuff, and you guys can tell us about it because you might be in a. Studio. If you guys have any uh, Scorpio killer requests, uh, let us know. Or just general killer requests. We like these. Yeah, two. I always like seeing. Um, comments and dms for requests yeah it makes it more fun we can do another poll soon we've got our next few uh people researched and ready to go Mm -hmm. um but we still need more in the lineup for this season so all right this death chart yes he died uh june 7th 2013 Uh, we don't have an exact time but the entire i do have i i thought about this over the last two days this is really strange i don't remember i think i was like in the shower when i thought about this (laughs) so it just came to me so i was thinking uh, most of the time when they uh oh wait no because he wasn't executed dang it because he died i know because when they're executed mm -hmm. they're executed close to midnight i did put a lot of thought into this and he wasn't even executed that's okay oh man we have had a lot of executions but for future (laughs) reference if we have one that we don't have the death time between midnight and 1 a.m tends to be the most common hour because they want to take them out like you know, and do all of that while other people are sleeping and there's not media, like, all up in the business. So. Black box my own entire body. Yeah, do okay. it. All right. Let's just... Um. <laughs> you're censoring my bodies. <laughs> That's gross. I'm not doing that. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, on the day of his death, uh, the sun and moon were in the same sign again, which is interesting, and they were in the same sign as his Lilith, which is part of this big story arc of his. Um... And Lilith was in the same sign as well, and Jupiter, making that a really expansive energy. Mars was there, um, making trying his natal Mars, uh, making note of that um, energy of the actions he took in his life, um, and the sexual actions he took, and the manipulative actions he took without Lilith's placements, um, as well. Um... So all of this this Gemini stuff is coming up completely, and it, it shows in the house where he, like I said, when he turned that age where he started killing, which is interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, so it almost seems like, like a karmic uh, event in my mind. Um, but if you're looking at it just as is, um, over in his eighth house is... Um, I wish I had um, a time because I have to look at his eighth out his. I wish I had like a better estimation. Like, dang it, if he had been executed (laughs) instead of dying naturally, I'm complaining. Uh, so in his eighth house uh, is Natalie, his vertex, and when he. Mm, where am I looking again? Uh, he has opposite this in his Uranus Juno, um, over in aspecting it along with the nodes aspecting, um, 
so there's a square, there's a conflicting, confliction and death with his life path, with his, um, man, I, I gotta get my thoughts together before I say this out loud. Hold on. Okay. Um, my mind's going faster than I can talk. This chart looks a lot different than <laughs> his natal chart. Like, it, this is a lot more spread out. It's still kind of like a seesaw chart, but uh, oh, that's, I think that might be the word I was trying to think of, but it's it's shifted a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's double the placements because it's two charts overlaid. Oh, so it's like a synastry chart. Yeah. I guess I've never actually looked at the death chart. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I, I can't ever see I it. always overlay them. You can look at that's it individually, cool. but um, okay. I like to look at them overlaid. I, um, all well, right, that so, makes sense. <laughs> I was like, there's so much happening. So the commitment he showed with this energy, um, with Judo being an Aquarius over his Aquarius issue and aspecting his eighth house um, with Uranus and his vertex and his, and the, um, I keep wanting to talk about the vertex of the time of death, but it's not the time of death, so I have to ignore that. Um, uh, It's coming up in relation to... um, the like lack of commitment he had um to his what that is that aspect in that okay no just the commitment to um him with his issues uh okay i'm just seeing all of this karmic stuff coming up and then the life path being um hitting his Neptune and Saturn hitting Neptune over in Scorpio being square to Uranus in the eighth house um, showing how those that the when the north node and the south node are transiting it kind of shows like the direction of people at the time um, and like society at the time and everything at all the energy kind of directing that way at the time and so having it come conflicting his um, little issues I think is really interesting and it's in his eighth house and it's like alright we're done with this we're, it's time to cut him out is what it feels like um, especially with this plutonic Scorpio energy um, and Neptune showing his delusions like I said before it's um, like it makes me wonder like okay I have I have thoughts since he did die of an illness mm-hmm. and being I'm not sure uh how I mean this was 2013 so they right. are being humane as far as uh, medical treatment at this stage I'm assuming um there was probably hospital stay there was probably like when you say like delusions I'm wondering if those were like drug induced from like medications and things I don't know well, I, those, those delusions are from his natal chart, so that's just who he is. Okay. You know, just his normal ones. It's one of those added stuff. Um, but with they like might have been death. Like they might have might have been more harsh because Saturn, like I said, Saturn was coming around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it helps when you ask questions, because then I can like. Well, it feels I can like slow down my like mind. Did his, so. It was his mind slipping away from him at the time of like you know like because he was losing obviously his physical vitality. He lost mm-hmm. his physical freedom being in prison, and then he's losing, like, agency over his physical self with, like, an illness and succumbing to that. And then, I don't know. I'm just trying to uh, mm-hmm. see if there's anything picking up on, like, like his 
Aside he, from he, his he, lo- he lost all his power. He lost. He, yeah. he was disempowered. He has okay. um, Lilith conjunct Lilith square his moon and Mercury. So emotionally and intellectually, and he was probably having difficulty speaking towards the end too. Because okay. there's there's a whole lot of uh, disempowerment energy happening. Jupiter is also square this. So it's like, um, nope, we're gonna. We're gonna really make this this difficult for you. Yeah, I think that he was having a rough time at the end. I don't. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know if it was really just a like if it just uh. Like it's obviously much not as bad as what he did to other people. Right. Um, of course not. Like, geez. Um, no. Yeah, but it and was the delusions like a slow might suffering. have been more strong because um, he does have transit Neptune over his sun sign and it's trying his natal um, Neptune and they're both in retrograde phase in phases of retrograde so that could have been something else um, that was that made it more um, like what's the I need a word like hmm I don't know where you're going with it. I'm trying to pick Neptune. up on the word. I'm trying to think of Neptune words. Um, where it's kind of like they're, they're, you're seeing a lot of like veils between you and whatever you're actually looking at. It's like more, it's more ethereal. It's more um, okay. illusionary. It's like um, he could have been having a hard time thinking straight. Um but also in the way that he knows he's going to die. Yeah, but is it like an so acceptance not, or welcoming kind of death? I'm curious, can you see anything like that? If he was, like, ready for it? It kind of sounds like he may have been, because he'd already been so disempowered, but... He know. has Chiron also coming through Pisces. So unless he... Oh, I remember saying this last time, too. Unless he hit some kind of, like, major inner healing... Like, unless he, <laughs> unless he came to, you know, he came to some personal growth and really healed, and I just don't think he did. I think that yeah. this was more of a traumatic experience. Um, he had just on, undergone another Chiron return right before his death, which I'm wondering how that relates to the time um, of him getting sick. Um, not getting sick altogether, obviously, but, right. like, maybe the last time he went into the hospital, like, how... Um, because he would have been having that Chiron return, um, backing it up. Yeah, I don't know what's happening right now. This is insane. I'm moving <laughs> the, I'm changing the dates of the transit chart. Okay. Oh, okay, I see. So his Chiron return was, um, a year or two before, so I'm wondering how long he was... That's what I was thinking, too. Like, how long um, from mm-hmm. the time he was, like, diagnosed with the, this illness, with this type mm-hmm. of cancer? Where it really started to interfere with his life. Right. And then he ended up dying of it. I'm wondering how it relates, because Neptune and Chiron were over his Chiron uh, in Aquarius uh, a couple years prior. A few years prior. I feel like he definitely deserved to suffer for a long time with... Uh, all mm-hmm. the things he did, like, it's not enough to just disempower this guy. Like, he was such a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, yeah. This is oh, like, this is the other thing we talked about last time was um, his his marriage that he had. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, there was this whole marriage that he had in prison, 
And um, it was some lady that had written him, like, a whole bunch of letters. Okay. Um, yeah, the thing with her, though, there was a bunch of women that wrote him letters. Like, lots of, he had lots mm-hmm. of fans, and, and that's so strange to me, mm-hmm. uh, women who were, like, throwing themselves at him. And the particular woman he ended up marrying, um, mm-hmm. I believe, was, like, an attorney and had a really high IQ. I want to say it was, like, 156, 152, 156. It was a really, really high IQ. Mm-hmm. Like, she was extremely intelligent. And it's just kind of one of those things that makes you go, like, what? I don't know. Um, I, I just, I don't get it. it it's, it's, uh, it blows I think, it, well, on his chart, it makes a lot of sense because he has Venus and Aquarius. You're going to look for that intellectual, um, like, trait in another person. Um, you could also, and he has Mars here and Ceres here. Like, if he may have been, like, sapiosexual, you know, like, he may have been really wanting that type of intellectual yeah. um, component in a relationship. Also, this is a detached relationship. Like, this, there's distance here because he's in prison and she's mm, not. Yeah. Um, he didn't get, like, you know, like, a bunch of visits Yeah, and death stuff. row inmates don't um, get uh, conjugal visits either. No. Even so if you're he, married. So. He did not have any of that. And I think, you know, he may have been chill with it. I think he, he was maybe accepting of that if he was going to have a relationship with his heart space and his all of these things being in Aquarius like this and um this being a house that has no house or this being in a sign that has no house cusps it really just makes a lot of sense to me that this was something he was kind of in search of but maybe a little more like detached from and he has a distance between him and this person (laughs) um it's more of an intellectual thing um it's you're literally writing letters to each other all the time that's it's it's, a, it's all in communication it's a Speaking lot of, of letters he, he loved to write letters i have uh, maybe with your venus in aquarius you start writing some letters to your partners oh, yeah be fun i should for start you. writing letters <laughs> oh that's really funny uh-huh. i can and he's see... also known for this marriage with uh, the trine over to his um in heaven as well like wow. like i'm sure he gained a little notoriety when that happened and it looked like there were a lot of articles about it when i looked it up yeah I can see him just being like, um, I don't know, like almost like this is a nice thing that I've got. Like it doesn't, it doesn't like necessarily like mean that much to him or like he Mm -hmm. doesn't really, it's, I also feel like he um, is not capable of having a normal, like whatever we deem normal. I don't like to use the word normal, Mm -hmm. but just like kind of what we consider like a typical um, romantic relationship because the things that like it was unique it was eccentric it's an yeah. Aquarius and it's then different the, the things sexually that turn mm-hmm. him on or gratify him mm-hmm. are violent mm-hmm. so when he doesn't have access to do that I could yeah. see him losing total interest in that mm-hmm. literal sexual side of himself and being stimulated mm-hmm. obviously this was like, a more practical type of yeah. relationship and when if you know if they did have letters on sexual things and it they were only letters it wasn't right um he definitely was a you know, letter writer. With these, with these values and with, with with all of this Aquarius stuff and the Pisces stuff, and he he really and Sagittarius. Sagittarius also is kind of like a you know I don't care what you think energy, and that's more Split. of him not being. Um, it's more of him not being too concerned with like what the rest of the world thinks. Like maybe it was wrong what he did, but he's just kind of like, well, I'm an outsider and I'm okay with it, and I'm gonna do yeah. what I'm gonna do. Um, like he's not remorseful. He, no, I don't. I don't feel a lot of remorse. But there, there, I think his his perspective of the world is from too far of a distance. For he's not looking at things up close and personal. Like any kind of empathy he has, where you know Pisces energy can be extremely compassionate. Um, I think was killed off by that South Node being on his Moon. 
um, and the rest of that Pisces energy was kind of just left to flounder in, in the rest <laughs> of his placements because, you know, all of this emotional trauma he had as a child and however he decided to, um, like, direct that energy uh, under all these influences, Pisces is really susceptible to other influences in life. Like, I just don't think that, um, yeah, like I said, I don't think that he was... Um, empathetic in that way yeah um mm. uh much more nonconformist there was another phrase that i had that i really liked oh i hope you wrote it down (laughs) hopefully i did scanning the notes scanning the notes yeah um Maybe I didn't. No, I don't think I did. Well, um, dang it. <laughs> but I think that it might be all I have to say on his chart. I mean, there's obviously so much more you could always say on a chart. But I think this is good. Yeah. I think that pretty much uh, sums up this piece of shit. He um, sucks a lot. Like most of the uh, people we cover on this podcast, aside from like when we cover a victim. Like, you know, murderers usually suck. Um, all, murderers always suck. What am I saying? They always <laughs> suck. Murders are not okay. <laughs> we do not uh, endorse murder on this podcast, uh, even though we are true crime plus astrology. Um, but, you know, if you like what you hear, if you want to support us, you can always follow us. We would love that. You can mm-hmm. subscribe. You can hit the bell on YouTube. You mm-hmm. can follow on Twitter. We are at Alignment Dark on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We are at Dark Alignment on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Patreon. No, there's a link tree with all these links li- below. Yeah. As I, well. I've got the link tree on like mm-hmm. my personal stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I'm at Brit underscore Oakley. Mm-hmm. And I am at Aruka Rose. So yeah, you can find us, interact with us. Um, we do, we try to do fun stuff on our Instagram stories. We do polls. Um, and then for Patreon, we give extra bonus content. Mm-hmm. So um, even if we don't have like a regular episode out, uh-huh. we will have things We always on have extra Patreon videos. And there's one thing that you got to tell them about that, um, our friend who has. Okay, so. Patri- this will be a Patreon thing. Yeah, we're going to go over it on Patreon. So, really, really amazing friend of mine. Uh, she, <laughs> she's so cool. She mm-hmm. has lots of interesting uh, murderbilia, like collectible things. Uh-huh. And uh, she has actual letter written by Richard Ramirez, handwritten, Mm -hmm. envelope and everything, written by Richard Ramirez. So when I was saying, yeah, he loves to write, (laughs) he sure does. And I've got, uh, I've got the like copy of the letter um, Mm -hmm. that we're going to discuss on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And it's a handwritten poem that he wrote about. Mm -hmm. So we'll be able to, yeah, talk with her maybe. Yeah, we really want to bring her on and talk about it. I do have the copy of the letter, so I'll talk a little bit about it and I can read it and we Mm -hmm. can kind of go over it because it gives some great, like crazy insight. Uh, But also just like holding that, holding the letter that he actually wrote the and he wrote it to of it. yeah yeah he wrote it to an attorney she also had like um like john wayne gacy a letter that he wrote um and his business card and mm-hmm. like all kinds of stuff that was just like fascinating uh pieces of like she's morbid great. history yeah she's fucking awesome um, so, so keep a stay around for that too. Get yeah, on Patreon. Get on Patreon. Um, and all the money for that goes back towards our podcast Always. right now to you know yeah to help us. 
And we are working on, um, in the next couple weeks, we will have a regular schedule mm-hmm. set out. So we are working on that. Thank you guys so much for all your support, for sticking with us um, through all the changes, all the chaos, through COVID-19, all the fucked up shit going on in this crazy ass world. Um, but continue to love yourselves. We love you guys. Make sure you chart all the bitches in your life. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>